35 Ward Boulevard in Newport News. I have live with me the North District School Board District candidate, Nanika, the new normal party. You all are giving up the money. myself, 
we're, we're part of the community. I want to let you know that just because we're not from here doesn't mean that we're not affected by what goes on here. And I appreciate you answering that question. Now on a um, more political answer, some of the questions that I asked the parents today that I work with, they're asking what would you, what are you planning to implement as a policy about guns in the school? I have to watch my facial expressions when you talk about gun control and guns in the school because I'm absolutely against it. I come from a correctional background and while working inside of a correctional facility, we didn't even carry firearms. So the thought of even having a firearm inside of a school is absolutely disgusting. It's a safety risk. Just the thought of a teacher carrying a firearm and becoming upset with the child and brandishing that firearm on a child. And then another thought of a child becoming so aggressive and overpowering that instructor, taking that firearm and using it against the instructor and or other children. I'm totally against it, 100%. <laughs> That's why you're here with me. And for those of you, I saw a hand in the back. Can you raise your hand if you have a question? Oh, I apologize. I just thought I saw a hand. But do know that if you all have a question at any point, just raise your hand and you're more than welcome to talk about it. Yes, sir. How Let us you? know who you are. You're, 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 My name is Santel Creekmore. Uh, I'm a concerned citizen. And how would you propose, no instead of us putting guns in the school, what is something that we could do to keep our schools safe? In the, in the presence of potential gun violence? Here can answer that question. I am a proud graduate of Lock Senior High School, which is one of the poorest schools in the LA Unified School District. Within our schools, we walk through metal detectors every day. We actually had LAPD officers walking our campus. Um, as I said before, we absolutely need to have metal detectors and not wand downs. I'm talking about ones that you walk straight through. We've had too many instances of children bringing firearms to school, children bringing knives to school. And then I just want to bring you all's attention to what we have going on in our community right now. We have so many instances where we have adolescents who are victims of gun violence. Who do you think are carrying these guns? I hope you don't think that they're leaving their guns at home when they come to school. These same individuals who are out committing homicide, brandishing firearms, or shooting at people are the same students who are sitting inside of our classrooms. They don't leave their guns at home. You think they just put their guns down and go out and have fun? No. If they're carrying a gun today, they're going to carry a gun tomorrow because they're carrying that firearm for a reason. Because they need it for safety and or to feel cool. When children are coming out with knives, they're doing it for a reason. To protect themselves or to feel cool. Yes, I'll, I'll bring up another situation. Um, I was out in the community in Aqueduct Apartments, and it was a young man who was having an altercation with another young man, elementary age. He went in his house, and he got a kitchen knife. Came outside with the kitchen knife. If it wasn't for myself and another adult out there, that child who was doing whatever he was doing to that young man would have possibly gotten hurt. 
we were able to take that knife away from that young man and go and report what was going on to the grandmother. So I say all of that to say I am totally for metal detectors in our schools. We have to protect our children. We have to take the appropriate uh, procedural safeguards and put them into place to avoid things from happening. We have to be proactive and not reactive. That has been a situation that has been going on within the Newport News public school system for a very long time now. We have a very reactive system instead of a proactive system. And if we become more proactive within our mannerism, we can avoid a lot of things from occurring in our schools. And I'm not just talking about with our students, because our students aren't the only nuisances within the school setting. We have teachers who act out of character. We have administrators who act out of character. And as you all seen last night at the school board meeting, we also have elected officials who act out of character. So if we want to clean up our, our school system, we have to, first and foremost, stop being in We have to acknowledge that it's a problem across the board. It doesn't just involve our children. It involves our children, teachers, administration, and elected officials. Everybody needs accountability. Without accountability, there is no change. There is no progress. It's an enabler. Yeah. And that's what we have to put in behavior. Can the church say amen? Amen. Don't keep letting it out. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> yes, I had a problem with uh, my granddaughter being bullied. And we went to the school board. We went to the school. We went everywhere. And we didn't get any help until we had Miss Bartlett to come with us as an advocate. And that's totally sad because the principal was totally out of order. My granddaughter was told she was a transgender bitch. Yes. And do you know what the principal said, the assistant principal said? I can imagine. Well, are you? Yeah. She, she just went totally, she was just totally upset. And that was very wrong for her to ask her that question. That's right. And then the principal was going to come and try to defend her. The principal said, well, she didn't mean it like that. She meant this, that, and the other. I said, how do you know what she meant? She should have never ever said that to her. Don't you know my granddaughter got jumped twice in one day? Twice in one day by boys. They allowed her to get off the bus, never notified us at all. So, yes. The, Take your time. Take your time. Yes, the school board, they, they need some change. They really need some change. Really. We went everywhere. We even had to go to, we even went to transportation. They ended up putting her in a new school. They ended up putting her in a new school. They gave her the transportation and everything. But that was after we had to go and have three different meetings. Everyone taking off from work. Everyone doing all this because they didn't do their job. They didn't even try. They didn't even try to contact us not one time and had everybody's information. As a member of the LGBT community myself, I relate to everything that, you've been, that you're saying because it's a fact. You do not get the same time and attention and love and acknowledgement that other people get and you do get treated less than. And being here in the Commonwealth as a LGBTQIA person myself, I've been through that same experience 
and I'm not in this candidacy to make a change in that way in the school system. We can talk about that on another level. There's something else that I do that I can maybe help your daughter with that. And my pain, you made a mention that Ms. Namika was able to help you with that particular yes. event. Before I allow her to tell her part in that, I want to do a time check over here. You all let me know how we're doing on time. Okay, Ms. Namika, will you please address that issue? Because for somebody who says you yourself as a sensitive topic, and I don't want to go off the way how I feel, I want you to talk about Absolutely, absolutely. Um, that situation happened last year, approximately the month of, um, I believe it was November, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it was a young lady, 11 years old, sixth grade at Crennington Middle School. I received a call from the mother indicating that her daughter had been being bullied for a series of days. She said that the child reached out to um, the bus driver. The bus driver didn't do anything to address the issue. The child also reached out to her assistant principal. The assistant principal didn't do anything to address the issue. She also reached out to the counselor. The counselor didn't do anything to address the issue. I will say, in my many, many years, eight years or better, of advocating for a family. I have never seen a family come out in numbers like I've seen that family come out. When I tell you that family was powerful as it relates to numbers of strength, I will tell you this. The paternal grandfather was there. The maternal grandmother was there. The paternal grandmother was there. Two aunts were there. Another family member was there, but I had never seen a family come out in numbers like that. And I had to understand what is it so special about this young lady where she has a multitude of supporters coming to stand behind her. It wasn't until I did my research before, because before I take any case on as an advocate, I do my background and I want to know what is the academic background, not that it matters, but I also want to know the discipline background. This child has been an honor roll student since kindergarten. Child has never been in trouble a day in her life. And so once I seen all of this documentation, I knew why that family came out in numbers the way that they did. Because this truly was a child put in a position that she didn't deserve to be in. And no one stood up for her. After doing my research and being a part of all of these different meetings, it was founded that they was trying to sweep this situation under the rug, as they do so often. They tried to deny the fact that the mother reached out several times, left messages on the machine at the main office, nobody returned the call. To speed it up a little bit, um, the principal was very dishonest. The assistant principal of the sixth grade was very dishonest. And the counselor was very dishonest. This child had reported to all of the aforementioned individuals that she was being bullied. When she reported that she was being bullied, they did not contact the mother. They did not contact anyone on the child's emergency contact list. So the day that the grandmother is speaking of, the young lady had an altercation inside the cafeteria, at which point the young man referred to her as a transgender bitch. 
At that point, the young lady proceeded to go and report that to the assistant principal of the sixth grade. At that point, the assistant principal asked her, well, are you a transgender bitch? At that point, the young lady felt very uncomfortable and no longer wanted to speak to her, in the words of the student. She went to the guidance counselor and told the guidance counselor not only what occurred inside of the cafeteria minutes earlier, she gave the guidance counselor a full timeline of events of being bullied. Okay. With that being said, the guidance counselor asked her to write a statement. Instead of writing a statement about what took place inside of the cafeteria, she wrote a statement about all the previous days of being bullied. At this point, the guidance counselor, the assistant principal, no one in the school or on the bus made a phone call to the mother, which caused the young lady to get on the bus and have a physical altercation with one of the five young men that was bullying her for the previous day, 72 hours or greater. The bus driver could not stop the fight. Other students had to intervene. The bus driver did not call the police. The bus driver did not call transportation. The bus driver did not call school. The bus driver allowed the young lady and the young man to get off at their bus stop in Newton Park. Now we all know that that area has a reputation for retaliatory behaviors. My thought, as well as the family's thought, was what if they would have jumped that young lady? Or what if that young lady family would have had somebody out there to harm that young man? Negligence across the board. You know, um, I contacted the school board and Miss um, Tilly sent out um, a group of individuals to address the situation. I want to say that I'm very thankful for Mr. Ransom, who came out, Jerome Ransom, by the way, who came out and rectified the situation. Um, we had a meeting at which point we were able to get the young lady uh, transportation to a new school. Now, prior to me coming into this situation, the situation was totally being ignored. And this is what happens when parents try to go and advocate for their children. The school system ignores them, and they try to sweep things under the rug and act like it didn't happen. However, when a professional steps in, it's a different ballgame, which is why I always encourage people, when your child is being bullied, reach out for an advocate. And I'm going to do a, a plug right now. <coughs> I will advocate for your child. I will advocate for you. Telephone number 757-753-6399. 757-753-6399. I will assist you and your family through these sort of commodities.
because they really don't know what to do in some instances. And before we get into that too deep, because actually one of my questions is going to be your policy on bullying and what you think about it, and then we're going to include the teacher's pay in that. But before I got to give a couple of plugs. Hold on. Don't plug yet, because I have one situation that I want to look into the camera and I want to speak about. I got a phone call this morning, 4.30 to be exact. Now this situation is near and dear to my heart. So I want you to read my face and hear my words. I got a call that my blood relative is being bullied at Hines Middle School. That's problem. If I advocate for people who don't have the same DNA that I have, as hard as I do, I'm going to do this harder. Go even harder, excuse me, for my blood relative. She's sixth grade. She's an amazing young lady. Amazing young lady. One who already struggled with self-esteem issues and depression due to losing a very close family The situation was reported where a student took her french fries from her, excuse me, hot fries, a pack of chips, and spit in them. Took her fries and spit in and told her she can have them back. Okay? School reports that they have been having issues with his child, but nothing was done after the situation occurred. Then I get a phone call this morning that the same lady did something even worse. Bumped into her, almost knocked her down, and called her a bitch. Now she does not want to go to school anymore. Nobody has done anything. Nobody. So come Monday, we seek an accountability for everyone who has not been involved, for everyone who has not done what they're supposed to do. No child should be fearful to go to school and get their education. Yeah, a lot of people say it starts in a home. I agree. But once they leave that home, they are the responsibility of the school. It is the school's responsibility to discipline and to hold people accountable. A child should never be afraid to go into an educational setting and get their lesson. But the problem is leadership. Leadership is not using policies and procedures to hold individuals accountable, therefore to modify these behaviors that's putting children at risk. So come Monday, we will be doing something about this young lady at Hines Middle School. Y'all can give it up for the new If you don't know, now you know. And she is the candidate for the North District Student Board, and you are to vote on May 1st for whom you feel is best suited for your school board's North District needs. One of the, um, so the platform is accountability and having young people document. I did hear you say that at this past um, team hall, team, uh, time hall meeting. But before we go a little further, tell me how many minutes we have so I can give a shout out to some of our sponsors, please. 
Network. I'd like to give a shout out to the first and foremost to where we are right now at Martin Soul Food at 15435. Thank you all for allowing us to have our uh, meeting here today and this new energy here today as well. If you're watching this on Facebook Live, make sure you come down to Martin Soul Food and tell them that's food baby and they'll take care of you on your on your meal. Tamika Chisman, a need to heal massage therapy. Make sure you all check her out. Lakeisha King at MadamCupid.com. She's a coach and an author for myself. And Beverly Jackson is my mental health coach, and she takes care of my mental health. And she's at EmotionsRUs.com. And of course, for my Mohawk today, we have the Elite Professional Barbershop. You better. <laughs> Maybe I'm a <laughs> <laughs> professional barbershop, Eric Davis, at 621 Stony Creek Lane. And for those of you out there, when you touch the blue mohawk, you have to pay a dollar, and it goes to the Blue Hug Foundation, and it will help a family here in the Newport News area that's been affected by HIV AIDS. Uh, let's talk about um, your policy, accountability, and having you, not accountability, but the young people make your documentation because that's what's going to help hold the adults on tight. Yes, sir. He's telling me we're running out of time. BUB, that's who they Welcome back to Martin Soul Food Restaurant. We have Nanika, the new normal Bartlett with us, and she's getting ready to talk to us about making sure the young people in Newport News are documenting everything that happens with them and it's pertaining to bullying to make sure that we're holding the adults in the community responsible. I always speak about documentation. As I spoke about throughout my whole campaign, is that I come from a Department of Correction background and juvenile justice background. Within my training, I've been taught if it's not documented, it didn't happen. And within that practice, I brought it along into my advocacy. Um, I always tell people, word of mouth is okay. A piece of paper is okay. But the best form of documentation is email. And email is like DNA, it doesn't lie. It gives you the date, give you the time, and they can't dispute it. I will tell any and everybody, if you are having an issue with your child or your children concerning any issue, primarily bullying, put it in writing via email. Our school system have a history of denying allegations of bullying. Put it in an email. When you put an email into the system, as it relates to anything concerning negligence, you CC everybody that you can possibly CC. You start with the person that you had an issue with, the assistant principal, one, two, three, four, and five, the principal of the school, everybody on the city council, everybody on the school board, and the assistant principal, and the uh, superintendent, excuse me. At that point, accountability starts. People are going to want to know what's going on. When you put these sort of things in writing, they can't cover it up. They have to give you answers. And upon answers and finding negligence, they have to give some sort of accountability. Okay? They have to give some type of accountability. And if they don't, you have that paper trail. And at that point, you hold everybody accountable that didn't respond and who didn't put forth an effort to put in a procedural safeguard or modify those behaviors. 
Simple as that. Fundamental fairness. It has to take place. In accordance to Virginia state law, we have to send our children to school every day. And if we don't, we have to have a documented note to excuse the absence. Okay? If we have to send our child or children into an environment, it is the responsibility of the receiving party to maintain their safety and security. In all essence, our children are their responsibility once they go to that school bus stop. It starts then. And they don't become our responsibility totally until they leave that bus stop and come back home. So if they're telling us that we have to send our children, and if we don't, we can be jailed and or fined, they have to create a safe environment for our children. And that safe environment includes protection from other children who may struggle with behavioral, mental, and emotional health issues. That may include teachers who may feel overwhelmed, anxious, or have brought personal issues into the classroom. That may include administration who may be tired of their job or overwhelmed or overworked because a lot of human service workers, including myself, are overworked, underpaid, and unappreciated. And then you have some elected officials who are in positions of celebrity who just don't feel like doing their job at the time. And then we have some that are unqualified who don't know how to do the job. So when we're talking about cleaning up the schools, that includes addressing the issues of the children who have behavioral issues, addressing the issues of the teachers who have behavioral issues, addressing the issues with the administration, elected officials, and so forth. It's not just the children. It's a full circle, 360. If we're going to clean it up, we have to clean it up with everybody, and we can't just put the blame on the children. Simply put. Yes, ma'am. So, what would you do to rectify all these different situations? How would you, you know, you don't want to just put kids out of school and they're not getting their education. Uh, what would you do in that case? Because most bullies have been bullied themselves. And there's a reason behind them doing these things, so... I mean, overall, how do you address all of it? I know bus drivers. I know people who work as custodial workers. I mean, it's so many different people that I know because I'm from this area. And I hear all the different situations. I know bus drivers who say the children are being, you know, rude and disrespectful. And, you know, all different situations. What do you suggest in all these situations? What would you bring to the table to change things? I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to solidify your point with some data. Um, I had the privilege of calling the Department of uh, Education and get some statistics for myself to help the community understand that, yes, we may have a, what is it, a 92.3% graduation rate. Yes, we may have a, what is it, a 2.2 dropout rate, which is amazing. We have to give them um, credit for the great accolades, right. them being everybody that's working so hard. But what they forget to address or allow the public to know is that we're struggling with behavioral health issues, mm. mental health issues that affects our classroom setting. And I'll start by giving you some figures. Last school year, a total of 5,672 children 
was suspended short term in Newport News alone. Of that 5,672, 4,947 was one to five day suspensions, 725 was five to 10 day suspensions. Then we go down to long term suspensions. We had 187 long term suspensions, and then we had 149 exposures. With numbers as astronomical as those, that allows us all to know that we have an issue, and the issue is behavior. We can suspend these children all day long, but we can't suspend them forever. So when we suspend these children, we have to put something in place that address those behaviors. We need behavior modification along with accountability. You can't have one without the other. You hold them accountable by suspending them. They come back to the classroom and they engage in the same behaviors which causes disruption. You have to address their behaviors in order for them to come back into the natural setting and behave in a different manner. So to answer your question, we have to incorporate behavior modification programs now. And I do apologize, but our school system has failed terribly at that. We have to put in place different programs that will allow our children's behaviors to be addressed before they return back into the classroom. Simply put. Does that answer the question, help ease your mind a little bit as a candidate? Is that information for you? Yes, in, in, that, in, that, in that area. And I can help with that. Not to cut you off, ma'am, I can help with that. Like I said before, we are willing, and when I say we, myself, Tidewater Counseling Group, Gordon Wellness LLC, we've been known to do pro bono work in the community. So if there is a parent who is struggling with their children's behavior and they don't have insurance, don't worry. Call the number that I gave, and I'll give it again at the end, and I will make sure that you have the support that you need to address these issues. Because if we don't work together as a community, we will not grow. It has to be a collaborative effort. So, again, parents, if you are having issues with your children, call the number that we will give at the end of this meeting, and I will make sure that we assist you with getting your child help. Actually, get the number now because we're ready to take a promotion for you. Okay, it's area code 757-753-6399. 757-753-6399. And I will help you through Tidewater Counseling Group. And if I can't help you through Tidewater Counseling Group, we'll be able to get you assistance through an agency called Board Wellness LLC. Board Wellness provides outpatient therapy, substance abuse, anger management, parenting, and or co-parenting. So if you need help, use that number, and I'll make sure that I will assist you all in any efforts that I can. We'll be right back. In the meantime, in between time, do you be great? Get yourselves tested for HIV and know that God loves unconditionally everyone, and it is our duty to give love unto everyone, even you, even me. Where the glue out there, glue land? I appreciate each and every one of you in my pinky toe for riding out my ride with me as I get on my Gluality Radio flow. Let's give a glue shout up to one of our glue sponsors, Miss Nakisha Madam Cupid King. I appreciate you for saying yes to glue and capri. Hey, glue land, make sure you visit madamcupid.com. And let Nikisha know that's Glue Baby to get your assistance today in restoring the balance in the four corners of your life. 
What are the four corners? Finances, health and wellness, relationships, and spirituality. $700 for three sessions? If you ask me, you're getting that for the low, low already. But for your glue love, make sure you tell Miss Nakisha King. That's glue baby. Again, that's Nakisha Madam Cupid King. And you can find her at MadamCupid.com. That's glue and Capri baby. Rob and Martin Soul Food at 1543 Live Board Boulevard. Make sure you all come out and tell them that's Blue Baby. Right now, this free flow Fridays with me, I have your North District School Board candidate, Miss Monika, the new Norman Bartlett. And before we let her talk to you some more about what bullying means to her and what she would like to do for teachers, I'm going to give a shout out to some more of my new sponsors. Behind the camera, I have with me Mr. Tommy Prayer. Tommy Prayer, Tommy he's my uh, producer. He's at yagoli.com. You got to live. Y-A-G-O-L-I.com. I have Nikki Manga, Young Tom Wellness, and that's Young Tom for Life. Y-U-N-T-U-N for Life, and she takes care of all your juicing and yoga needs, as well as Olive Garden. I appreciate you, Olive Garden, for being with kids and whatever event I have worn on in Newport News area for the last nine years. I'd like to thank Todd Board of Counseling Group for allowing me to have time with them to do this new interview tonight and sponsoring Human Decree as well for some of my other things outside of here. And for those of you that would like to make donations, support us by knocking on doors or at the polls, please make sure you reach out to Ms. Danica and she'll tell you exactly how to do that. Now, Ms. Danica, I want you to talk to us some more about your, your points that you have on your paper for yourself. Okay. One thing that I want to do to address this epidemic of bullying is I want to create a program, or the policy rather. It's twofold because I do believe that we have this issue that will never go away until we keep a tracking system. You have to track the behaviors of these students who are doing the bullying. Not only do you track the behaviors of the bully, you track the behaviors of the victims as well. Once you find out who the bullies are, you put them in the system, and each time they commit an offense of bullying that has been founded in accordance to the Rights and Responsibilities Handbook of the Newport News Public School, you put it in the system on each occurrence, as well as the victim. You have to address this situation with accountability. Accountability being suspension and accountability to some may also be behavior modification. All bullies are not deviant individuals. Most bullies are victims who turn into victimizers. We have to get to the core root of the behavior. Once we identify the individuals who are doing the bullying, we address the behaviors by giving them counseling. Understand what they're going through. Understand what they have been through. We address the behaviors. Then, more, then they'll be more than likely to be model students. We can't forget about the victim. <coughs> we don't leave the victim out there. We help the victim with self-esteem issues because anyone who goes through an epidemic of bullying, it distracts their inner being. It makes them feel sad. It makes them depressed. It makes them isolate. It makes them separate from people in situations that they normally love. So we increase their self-esteem. 
We give them interventions to help them recognize personal dangers, help them recognize unhealthy relationships, and help them build healthy relationships. Because when you're bullied, you kind of separate yourself from society and you kind of shut off a little bit. Not only that, we assure them that as a bully, you didn't do anything wrong. A lot of times when people are victims, they blame themselves. So we have to show them and assure them that they didn't do anything wrong. And then we have to encourage them to report situations of bullying immediately. We can't wait. We have to address it immediately. Because the longer that you wait, the more the situation affects you internally. Like I spoke of earlier, bullying causes so many different situations for children. Suicide, suicidal ideations, homicides, homicidal ideations. It causes children not to want to attend school. It causes children to act up in the classrooms or act up at home. It causes children to use drugs. It causes so many different things, so we have to start becoming proactive. If you see a child or children being bullied, if you have any knowledge about a child or children being bullied, or adults, because believe it or not, adults are being bullied inside of the school system as well. A lot of teachers have issues with bullying. They're being bullied by children and their parents, and they're being bullied by administration as well. So if you see or have any knowledge about any of this stuff, report it. Report it. We have to address this thing. We can't just rely on the victims to report it all the time. Sometimes they're scared. Sometimes they're scared of retaliation. And that's what brings me to the point of what I need to do for the teachers. I've spoken with a lot of teachers. And teachers speak about the negligence and abuse that they see in the classrooms that they see outside of their classrooms, and guess what? They're scared to report it. They're scared of the retaliation that comes along with it that may deter them the ability to pay their rent, increase within their uh, status in the schools, being blackballed, per se. So I want to create and implement a system that's an anonymous system for teachers to be able to report any form of negligence or abuse that they have experienced and or seen without the fear of being retaliated upon. If we keep it anonymous, people will be held accountable. I also want to incorporate cultural and diversity and sensitivity training for teachers. 62%, excuse me, 62.3% of our student population comes from disadvantaged economically disadvantaged, excuse me, backgrounds. And if we have instructors who don't know how to identify with that type of culture or that population, it's very hard for them to meet them where they are. Therefore, instead of addressing their behaviors and having teachable moments, they send them out to the office and they put referrals on them, which is evident by the large numbers of long-term and short-term suspensions that I mentioned early on. So we have to be proactive within that as well. I also want to make sure that teachers get some sort of self-defense training. I spoke about it many times. Today, our classrooms are no different than detention centers and correctional centers. If we don't give our teachers 
handle care training, which is a, def a defensive mechanism that's used to restrain and or redirect with verbal de-escalation, we will continue to have issues within our classrooms. Thank you. 